Where's your heart with the Lord? And what's coming out of your mouth? Is it able to build people up and point them to Jesus? Does it look different than the world? Does it look more like the spirit of God living inside of you? Or does it look like the rest of the world? Do you look different? And, and one of the big ways you can look different is by the way you talk. Welcome back to Better Equipped, and I'm Cody Balsh, and I'm going to continue being your tour guide through the book of Ephesians. The Apostle Paul wrote this while he's in prison, and he's just pouring out his love to the church in Ephesus. And so we, we left off last in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24. We're picking up today in verse 25. And so here's the thing. Uh, he keeps talking, and there wasn't all these chapter markers, verse markers, when he wrote this. And so... That was added, added later so we could just all sync up and find it. And so really, we're going to get to the, the end of chapter 4 today, but really he's going to keep flowing into chapter 5, verse 1 with the same thought. So I'm going to break it up into those two episodes I debated, but I'm just going to give you something a little bit more bite-sized, but know that the next one to come is really continuing this thought. It's all kind of cohesively joined together. And so uh, we're going to take it down through chapter 4, verse 32 today. And um, he just got done saying kind of at the end of last time when he says, you know, and put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So he's, he's contrasting that, you know, there's this old self and this new self. And now he starts getting really practical. And again, chapters one, two, and three are kind of theologically based. Then chapters four, five, and six are more practically based and, and they go together, but he set this theological foundation. And now he's saying, what does this look like for us as believers? And so he's, he's talking to this church in Ephesus who's trying to learn, what does it mean? What is the way of Christ? What is, what does life in the spirit look like? What is, what are the people of God? What should we look like? And, and how does the body of Christ, the church function and live out the, the implications of the gospel that saves us. And so we get here to verse 25 and he gets, again, just really practical. So I hope your heart stays really open. It's going to, at some level, at some point in time between either this episode or the next one, really put a finger right in your soft spot of, of where you maybe tend to struggle, what naturally is tempting for you uh, in your flesh. So he, so, so he says, therefore, in light of the new self that we're supposed to be like Christ and, and righteousness, righteousness and holiness, therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. So there's nothing more divisive than deceit and lies. And so um, what's just normal to the world. Not that people like that in the world, but, you know, post-truth, we're in like a post-truth era and, 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 uh, you know, like truth is relative and it's twisted. And, and so the, the people of God cannot operate this way. It is, God is truth. Jesus is the, the way, the truth and the life. And so, um, like we, we must be like our heavenly father in truthfulness speaking truthfully to our neighbor. It's not very loving to love your neighbors yourself if you're, if you're not truthful with your neighbor. And so, yeah, I mean, not every true thing that you might think you should speak out loud, 
but you definitely shouldn't lie about it either. And so, um, but he says, for we are all members of one body. Uh, other versions say that, that we are all, um, you know, joined together, that we are, that we are knitted. Like this isn't, we live in such an individualistic world where, where what I do eh, doesn't affect you. Leave me alone. And it's like, no, you don't understand. Like our brokenness affects other people and can create brokenness in other people. And, and so much in the body of Christ that, that when one is hurting, it hurts the others. And when, and when one is bringing health to the body, it helps the others. And, and this is one of those things we need to understand that our actions affect the people around us. It's not as isolated and individualistic as we like to think that it is. We need to understand that we are all members of one body. And therefore, if one part is struggling or is sick or is hurting, then it hurts the rest of the body or it affects the rest of the body. And so we need to be people who are of truth, people of truth towards one another. And, and how that affects us should be positive and not negative through deception and lies. He says in verse 26, it's going to seem like it's kind of staccato, kind of peppering different topics. And that's sort of what he's doing. He's just giving examples, practical examples of what the new self looks like and should look like. He says in verse 26, in your anger, do not sin. Okay. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. Okay. Not all anger is sin. But in your anger, do not sin. Now, I'll just ask you a question. You say, well, not all anger is sin, not all anger is sin. Okay. Are you more likely to sin when you're angry? Yeah. Yep, definitely. I just got had a chance to talk about the topic of anger and how to deal with anger with my lovely daughter, Ruth. And um, so if you missed that episode, go back and check that out because we kind of dive into that practically. But but anger is one of those things that you got to be really careful because it, it not just lead to sin, but really giving the devil a foothold in your heart. Um, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't let anger from one day that you're trying to deal with bleed into the next day, which can bleed into the next day. And it's something that can really spiral into more bitterness and resentment and all kinds of other symptomatic sins that can flow out of the initial anger. Even if you have reason to be angry, surrender that to the Lord. Hold it in, in the hands of forgiving God in the way that we should forgive too. And it doesn't mean that wrong wasn't done, but you don't need to hold on to that wrong through anger and bitterness. You're allowed to feel, but you're not allowed to hang on to it to the next day in that way. Surrender it to the Lord. Uh, let him minister to your heart. And it doesn't dismiss the wrong that was done. Maybe you need to learn from what that situation and make some shifts, but 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 don't let the devil get a foothold. Don't let that anger become weaponized to hurt other people. And so we've got to be really, really careful of that, about that. Verse 28, anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer. You're like, well, yeah, that's, that's great. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. He says, if you've been stealing, don't just stop stealing, start, don't just stop, but start doing good things with your hands and sharing with others instead of the, the kind of laziness and greed that led 
to stealing. Instead, work hard and instead of being greedy about it, share with others. Let this be, this heart posture of repentance on a lot of topics isn't just about stopping an action, but about starting the right type of attitudes and actions. So even though he's talking about stealing, the principle here applies to a lot of things. Don't just stop lusting, start dwelling your mind and your heart on positive things, things of the Lord, things of of, of eternal value and significance, things that are uh, good and noble and lovely from the Lord. And so you can apply this to a whole lot of things, including anger. I mean, when you're angry, okay, but what do we do with that? We, we need to make sure that our heart shifts to the forgiveness that God's given us and that that he has taken care of his anger through the work on the cross uh, by his death through Jesus. And so it's really significant. So if you've been stealing, steal no longer and start working with your hands and start, you know, contributing and helping to the needs of others. That's your motivation is not just to care for yourself, but also to care for those who have need. He goes on in verse 29. Do not let, now listen closely, please, please. In this day and age and world, I don't think it's brand new. Okay. Please listen to this, okay? Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only that which is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. I, you know, I've been asked the question like, wow, uh, what, what curse words are bad? You know, can I, you know, I have kids too. Is this word bad? I heard somebody on the bus say this. I heard this, you know, it's like, but here's the thing, like there's not a list in the Bible. The closest would be God's name using God's name in vain. Okay. Misusing God's name. Okay. Um, and, and this isn't about legalism. Okay. He, this is what he's getting at. This is something about what's building up, what's honoring to God, what's wholesome, what's, what's, what's a part of, of God and his example. And so, um, instead of just going down the line of, you know, and this word, this word is bad and this word is bad, but, but really, again, the Bible's not going to give you some list especially in an English language of what words are bad. Well, what if I use this curse word that they use in Chinese or this thing, you know, and it's like, you're missing the point. Don't let any, I mean, I love how he goes above all of that and says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. You can use non-curse words in really bad ways. Okay. And you say, well, can't you use curse words in really good ways? Listen, I, I don't look like the world. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Like stop trying to figure out how close to how technically you can use, you know, curse words, what the world, you know, might call curse words. Like it's not about legalism. It's about where's your heart with the Lord and what's coming out of your mouth. Is it able to build people up and point them to Jesus? Does it look different than the world? Does it look more like the spirit of God living inside of you? Or does it look like the rest of the world? Do you look different? And, and one of the big ways you can look different is by the way you talk. Personally, I, I don't go around just like slapping people, 
you know, uh, uh, literally or figuratively, when they use words that I don't use or don't think should be used, don't think are wholesome or able to build up. But listen, I'm going to set an example that you're not going to hear me say certain things. I'm going to sound different. I use all kinds of words. I speak too much. But listen, I am not going to let unwholesome talk come out of my mouth that is not helpful for building people up, for help build up the body of Christ to help point more people to Jesus. I want my, my life and my words, my, my vocabulary to sound different. I'm not going to say certain things. I'm not going to use God's name or Jesus's name in certain ways. I'm not going to use words that, just listen, do you, hear, do you hear Paul's heart? He says, you've been made new. Put off your old self. Put on the new self that, that is designed to, to be in the nature, the new self that looks like Christ. Be made, in the, be, be made new in the attitudes of your mind and your heart. And so he says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Whoo! Like, this is, again, he's, he's not just talking about unwholesome talk at this point, but he's still branching off that. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Live into righteousness and holiness. Like, it, 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 it even for those of you who, who have salvation, have the Holy Spirit living inside, you can still grieve the Holy Spirit by the way you live in a way that doesn't honor God. It still makes him sad. And it's not just like some little kid sad, but like it, bird, it grieves the heart of God, the Spirit of God that lives inside of you when you do not live according to the Spirit of God. Literally God's presence. Can you imagine God Almighty dwelling inside of you? It's like having Jesus over to your house. Imagine like 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 Zacchaeus where Jesus came over to his house. Imagine him come over to your house and like there's things that you would absolutely think twice, three times about. And we'd be like, nope, 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 not doing that. Not doing that. I mean, this is the way that the Holy Spirit inside of us, this is the way that we should think about this. And he says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. The judgment day is coming and the Holy Spirit is a seal of redemption over your life that you are bought at a price through the blood of Jesus Christ. Like live like that. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. And yes, his grace is sufficient. We're going to fail at that. But, but you need to understand, have a soft heart of repentance that if this stuff comes up, that you are, that you are aggressively trying to pursue uh, holiness and righteousness. Repent through repentance. And it says, verse 31, get rid, get rid of all bitterness. Okay, as I said, there's a lot of this Bitterness can, can stay in us and bitterness becomes a root that leads to all kinds of symptoms of more sin. Okay, bitterness inside of us, whether it's hurt in our past, hurt, you know, disappointments, feeling like we didn't get what we wanted or we don't feel like we have what we need or what we want and, and, and just all kinds of things. He says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger brawling and slander 
Okay, this is some very diverse things there, brawling and slander. I mean, the way you might act towards others, the way you might speak about others, get rid of it, along with every form of malice. Like, do you have malice in your heart towards people? Well, you don't know what they've done to me. Listen, do you know what you've done to God? Do you know what your sin has done? It's nailed him to a cross. My sin has nailed him to a cross. God's not angry and bitter with me. He's not got malice for me. He loved me so much that he died for me. He loved you so much that he died for you. That's our example. And he says, be kind and compassionate. Verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ, God, forgave you just as in Christ God forgave you just as in Christ God forgave you like that's the trump card here that like all these things are, are are like our excuses our rationales our reasons for why we have reason to be bitter and angry and rage and and you know, brawling and slander and malice and all these things, like all of our justifications of why we have, why we're justified to feel that way and act that way and do those things. And that person wronged me. Listen, it might hold some water except for the fact that Christ forgave us. That Jesus died on the cross for us. We've lost our excuse. We've lost a reason to hang on to that. He's completely taken it away. We've been made new in the image of God, not just created in the image of God, but a new creation that we've been made white as snow, forgiven of all of our sins. And then he's literally filled us with the spirit of God. Okay, we're going to pick up in the next episode in, in chapter five, verse one, where he, he starts by saying, follow God's example. That's the way it's going to start. And so this is, this is really where he's, where he's leaving off. Like we've been forgiven by Christ through his sacrifice. And that's the way that we should follow God's example. I, I, I want you to just take inventory right now in your heart of areas that you have continued to allow yourself to look more like the world, look more like the flesh than the spirit of God that sealed you for the day of redemption, that new person. Again, he's not expecting perfection, but he is expecting our surrender and our affections. Where are you at with that? Okay, God's, God's able and desires to forgive you of where you failed at that, where you feel like you're failing at that, but don't stay there. Don't be okay with that. Don't, don't surrender to yourself in the wrong way. Surrender to God and say, God, I need your forgiveness. I need your Holy Spirit to change my heart. I need the new self to shine through. And I need to be a better representative of you to the world around me. Don't blend in with the world. Don't look like the world. Look like the example and follow the example of Christ. I hope that this, this just walk through uh, scripture helps better equip you to, to, to make you think intentionally about your life and what you're doing. And so whether it's the way you, you speak or, or the, whether you live out your anger or bitterness and resentment, unforgiveness, malice and slander and all kinds of other things. He's going to hit more in chapter five. He's not done. So buckle up. But like, listen, where is it that you need to surrender that back over to Jesus and say, God, that's not of you. That's of me and my flesh. And, 
and I've, I've allowed the enemy a foothold. I've allowed Satan, the devil, a foothold in my heart and my life, and he's trying to exploit it to pull my heart away from you, Jesus, and to make my witness to others be diminished, to my, my light of shining the truth and the love and the grace of Jesus to diminish it. So I want to pour, through scripture, I want to pour more of the grace and truth of Jesus into your life. So if there's any way I can encourage you, reach out to me at betterequippedwithcody at gmail.com. I'd love to encourage you. I'm praying for you. And I don't know who's listening, but listen, I'm praying that those who are listening are being challenged through scripture to live more in line with the spirit, in honor of God and what he's done for us through Jesus Christ. May it be so in our lives. I love you and I'll see you in the next episode.